busy day. Oh no, Sean's not on just yet. Another busy day. Up until just a couple of moments ago, I was still just working feverishly on what's going on with the phone lines over here. A couple of ideas that we had did not pan out. So I have one more thing to try and I'm uh, I'm really I'm excited about it. Now, as far as our other technical difficulties that we've been having with the screens, with the freezing and all that other stuff, uh, we think that we found out what the issue is. Me and Mike were on the phone with um, Jim Lee after the show, and we worked out some hardware ideas, and we should be able to implement them after tomorrow night's show, the Thursday night show. So I'm hoping to be, by next week, looking and feeling pretty good with uh, revamped phone systems and and having even more capability to, to loop you guys and gals into the nightly shows with or without a guest already planned than ever before. That's what I want. That's my goal, to keep improving. And uh, when I know that there's something lacking, it just really eats, eats me alive. It really does. But tonight we're going to have a really good one because all the stories that there are to be digested, it, they're big ones. Especially this this helium balloon or whatever the hell it was that was flown into Moscow last night. Heard a couple other things were shot down, but um, supposed assassination attempts of Putin. But when you look at the footage, you're asking, who's trying to create the predicate for what? And I don't know what's going on there. But with Sean from the SGT report was on with us, so I know that that's going to be a great guy to bounce these these stories about Ukraine off of him, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, all the things that are coming out through the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere about his um, again his clientele and his brunch itinerary at the CIA, getting wined, dined, and probably sixty nined at the CIA. And then I want to talk about some other things that Sean's been doing on his show uh, and and more. So I think that we'll have at least a good 45 minutes with each other. And it'll bring us right into a second half that I wish I could say. I'll throw the, the Skype on just to see if anything's different. To see if I can get some calls in. But they're, they're absolutely useless. And they have no more customer sur- uh, support left. So um, those days are just about done but i'll give it a shot just for the sake of looping you guys in and if not then we can always rely on our super chats at quite frankly superchat.com on the rumble rants that are out there and available and on the foxhole gold pills that is on quite frankly.tv and it is rabbit hole wednesday ladies and gentlemen so we'll be jumping down a few of those tonight as it is. And then afterwards on quitefrankly.tv, you can watch a lot of great after-hours programming that is going to tickle your fancy for the mysterious to your intrigue. And that's what we have going on tonight. I hope it's not too disappointing. And yes. All right. So, oh, whoops, that's, not the, that's the wrong thing I was looking for. Here we go. 
So as far as my announcements go, I think that's that really covers it. Go and check out all of our wonderful sponsors on quite frankly TV, the affiliates page. I can't stress Blue Monster Prep or Wise Wolf Gold and Silver enough at this point. Um, solar generators with Blue Monster Prep, emergency food, drinking water filtration, gas masks, the uh, 40 millimeter NATO gas mask filters that they have too, heirloom seeds, two-way radios. It's just everything on the affiliates page is prepping. It's uh, it's also good life enjoyment. Prepping, hand-rolled cigars, trustworthy gold and silver providers, botanical chocolates, magazines, Rob's remote Qigong classes. Get into those. And then tomorrow we have Raw Egg Nationalists coming on. Friday night, my buddy Matt and my buddy Vinny Brusco will be in. You're really going to like Vinny Brusco. He's a good guy, very good guy. And he's got a show that I would love a lot of you to start checking out, putting it into your rotation. And then next week, we'll have a, a lot more fun coming your way, too. I got a, a great deal of a great deal of uh, positive feedback about last night's show. And I can't wait to expand on the Crusades, the Inquisition, and do all those other types of historical deep dives that really just become almost like uh, linguistic props. You know what I mean? There's a lot of linguistic props in our lives that... We make we pay reference to things, and it's just everybody in the room just knows these are vague historical references to a certain kind of thing. But if you were to ask them a little bit more about the Spanish Inquisition or about the Crusades, how much detail would you get out of the average person? Or at least one who knows that they even existed and how to use the colloquial term so those are the things I'd like to do. I'd like to get a little bit more understanding. And we'll have more of that with Timothy Gordon and other friends. All right. First thing up, I heard that there is some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees that have been announced. Kate Bush? See, I don't know who she is. I know that she had that song that just got big because of uh, uh, Stranger Things. Made her millions of dollars out of nowhere, however many decades after the fact, but I don't know anything else she did. Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, not not rock and roll, I don't get that. George Michael, Willie Nelson, isn't he like 98 years old? He has He's not in already? How, how Willie Nelson's not already in the, obviously not. Rage Against the Machine, they're getting in just because they did so well pushing vaccines. So good for them. Link Ray will be recipients of the Musical Influence Award, while Chaka Khan and Bernie Topin have been selected to receive the Musical Excellence Award. Well, whatever. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it's open to all genres. It makes no sense. That's like putting uh, soccer players into Cooperstown. It makes no sense. Want to put Pele into uh, Cooperstown? Well, we should. We should, shouldn't we? He's a ball player, ain't he? Here's something that I thought was really interesting from Real Clear Science. The first crewed mission to Mars should be all female. And here's why. 
Men have crewed every mission to, Mar- to the moon so far, but when we finally send humans to Mars, it would be wise to send only women. At least at first, says Ross Pomeroy, who's trying to make female friends so bad. Mind you, this wouldn't primarily be for fairness, a correction for the rampant sexism that denied American women the title of astronaut until Sally Ride's historic flight in 1983, but rather practical decision based on calculations as cold as deep space. Available evidence bluntly suggests that women would be more efficient and capable crew members on long-duration missions away from Earth. Yes, in the icy coldness of space. I, I'm, yeah, you know what? Just go. Get Go. Get the fuck out. My question is, do I get to pick the women to go? If you would allow me to pick the women to send to Mars, I would leap at the opportunity. We wouldn't have enough shuttles. <laughs> we wouldn't have enough shuttles. <laughs> oh. Dr. W. Randolph Lovelace. Lovelace? What is this, some kind of a joke? Dr. W. Randall Lovelace II. The second. There was more before him. Um, And Brigadier General Don D. Flickinger, the former chair and vice chair of NASA's Special Committee on Life Sciences, originally made the pragmatic case for female astronauts in the late 1950s. The duo noted that women are higher and thus require... uh, They are lighter, I'm sorry. They are lighter and thus require less oxygen. They have fewer heart attacks. Their reproductive systems are less at risk from radiation. Of course, Lovelace and Flickinger were overruled amid the era's prevailing sexism. You know, go. Go. Get out of here. Just go. Go. I'm sure Mars will be very happy when you all show up. Like, oh, God. We heard about these. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I heard that there's a writer's strike in Hollywood now, and all of the, the late-night uh, talk shows have now suspended production because, you know, nobody nobody writes their own shit. If I went on a writer's strike, that would make sense if, quite frankly, it was no longer on the air that night because that's it. But this is just incredible. That's writer's strike. AI could covertly cross the picket line. That's what the Hollywood Reporter is talking about with AI. I wouldn't be surprised. Writers want artificial intelligences to be used only as a tool that can help research or facilitate script ideas. But studios have taken an expansive view of labor-reducing possibilities. It's jarring how much the entertainment landscape has changed since the last writer's strike. In 2007, Netflix was still primarily a DVD by mail business. Amazon Studios and Apple hadn't yet crossed over from Silicon Valley to Hollywood, and streaming as we know it didn't exist. Now there's more content being produced than ever, with the streamers and legacy players like Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery spending all well into the billions of dollars each year. But now they're talking about with the uncertainty of inflation, concerns of recession, and mass layoffs in media and entertainment, this time around the ascension of generative artificial intelligence. If half the internet can be tricked by an AI-created Drake and the weekend collaboration, could the same tech write scripts and enable studios to create more content for less money? Abso-fucking-lutely. Absolutely. 
and then there's going to be then there's going to be protests that you're hiring well you're hired you must hire us you must hire us well you don't have any good ideas you know it's just it, it it's scary it is but at the same time ah just wow that we're getting to this this way we're getting this far down the rabbit hole and i have i have a lot of ai stuff to bring up when bill Ottman from minds.com comes back later on this month um things that i know even people in this audience at least some of you would see and get tricked by and it's going to happen more and more so i want to talk about that including oh man there is this one this one thing i found made my blood go cold and that was you know how people are always scamming the elderly and vulnerable demographics on the telephone and email and all that stuff and nigerian print stuff well listen that works on people we make jokes about that but that works on a lot of people i've got some real sad stories i can't even tell you one this one thing that happened to my grandmother oh my not a lot of money either it's just emotionally draining to have to tell her that she didn't just save the family from financial woe and well, it, it was really shitty and that's all being done just through snail mail at the time and then there's email with the Nigerian princes that they all have billions of dollars locked up somewhere and they only need a thousand dollars to get it out your thousand dollars and he'll split it with you and then there is the telephone scams I told you about the time that my aunt was pranked well, not pranked, that she was scammed by uh, a group of people that I, I, I guess they found enough information on her to know she had siblings and everything else. They called her up. They said they had my father kidnapped and held hostage, and they wanted a very specific amount of money. It was a weird amount of money. When she told me the amount of money, I said she called me up crying, screaming. They thought they had my father locked up in a basement somewhere and uh, looking for ransom. I, that's everything nothing was felt right about the whole thing and then finally we realized what was going on but now ai has started cloning people's voices and calling uh, there one there's one woman that was uh was called up with her daughter's cloned voice pleading for help that she had been kidnapped and all that stuff it's one thing when you have somebody just lying and saying, hey, we have your, your so-and-so over here. We can't put them on the phone right now. It's another thing if they've actually cloned voices. So, I mean, this is getting... This is, this is getting pretty nightmarish. I mean, the writer strike and AI stepping in for all these, uh, these writers that are primarily doing nothing but rebooting old movies that used to be successful into something that's all race-swapped and all that. Uh, yeah, I guess AI can do that. It's simple enough. That's never going to kill true um, human creativity, especially when you're telling stories about things that are timeless, like things that have to do with emotion, you know, that robots can never have, really emotional stories. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's what's going on because I heard about this little writer strike doesn't affect me in the least i know most of you don't care either now the u.s navy is now trying to hire or trying to bring in recruits because they can't nobody the military is just unable to get anybody to want to come and serve and also uh, over 75 percent of 
people in that uh, in that age range that can go and serve in, in the military. I think 75% or more are unable to pass basic physical fitness exams. But the Navy said, hey, listen, we got a really, really great idea. And they hired an active duty drag queen to be the face of a recruitment drive that they're putting together. That's right. That'll show that Putin... The U.S. Navy invited an active-duty drag queen to be the digital ambassador as part of a recent drive to attract the most talented and diverse workforce and combat plunging recruitment. Okay. Uh, Joshua Kelly, who identifies as non-binary, was appointed as the first of five Navy digital ambassadors in a pilot program that ran from October to March. Kelly, whose stage name is Harpy Daniels, has shared their journey on TikTok and Instagram where they describe how they began performing on board and became an advocate for people who were oppressed for years in the service. So there you go. We're twerking our way into World War III. So that's why um, I had somebody in the Dark to Light chat room this morning when I had brought up that we'll be talking about voting rights. And, you know, I just want to hypothetically because nobody's getting their voting rights taken away uh within a year or two will probably be like i said before 2020 hit give it a little bit of time and there democrats are going to get people voting by dick pics soon all right there's not going to be any rolling back of the mail in the mail in uh boxes or anything like that that is going to get bolted to the floor we're not going back. It's only going to get worse. So I want to talk hypothetically about, in a perfect world, who should have voting rights? The old skin-in-the-game argument. Somebody said, I believe, uh, you know, because I said at the very least we need to stop people from voting who are uh, under the age of like 23, 4, 5, especially when you see how stupid everybody is. I know there's some very, very smart 21-year-olds out there, but I don't know. This is just pretty much like trying to pump all the water out of the belly of the Titanic. So it's just all for fun and games. But someone had said, oh, if if they're old enough to go and die and serve for their country, they should be old enough to vote. It's like, well, I don't know why you would want to join the military and die for this country at this point anyway. Why would you want to do that? Don't you understand it's all part of the same problem? It's all part of the same problem. Everybody has shit for brains, and we've got drag queens trying to get people to join the Navy. Come on. You want those people voting. So it's just uh, something I'm struggling or wrestling with these days. And then finally, we have Tucker Carlson. I guess I guess Media Matters was saving the best for last. Tucker Carlson text that alarmed Fox leaders. It's racist, don't you know? He said it's not how white men fight. What is that? What are they talking about? Well, if you ask Stephen King, it's just about him saying that uh, about ganging up uh, on people. He had seen a couple of guys gang up on an Antifa person, and then he he had this little, he had this uh, knot in his stomach about actually wanting, you know, you know, rooting for the Antifa guy to get to get beat up and in this like you know three on one situation after all the shit that they're causing, and then he just had this moment of you know checking his conscience. And also, he said in there that yeah, this is not how white men, you know, fight the the gang attacks. And it, it, let's be honest, um, th- this is this is something that uh, I think we all know. Obviously, you can get into big bar brawls, and some people are rolling deeper than others. But um, 
almost like rules of uh, of the street, part of that situational awareness. Why getting into a fight these days, especially in uh, you know minority neighbor neighborhoods and all that stuff, is really just not worth it because you you're never just fighting one person. It's never going to be that way. And God forbid you win and you get away, then you'll be hunted down. And so it's just it's crazy. Now they reduced it down to this. Here's the full text to a producer. Which is why, why even send text messages to anybody anymore? You got this going on. There's so many things. Listen to this. From January 2021, here's the full context. And you can see what they reduced it to, to that red line right there. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one at least. Uh, jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet, suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder and kill him. I wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. And then somewhere deep inside my brain, an alarm went off that this isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. As much as I despise what he says and does, uh, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? Now, of course... All of that really, really insightful stuff there. Because this is, when you're on the internet now, all you're seeing is violence. All you're seeing is senseless violence. You're seeing people who are acting carelessly around each other, with each other. They have no regard. All you see, and, and, it's, and it's not because it's just a little snapshot. We know that humanity is by and large good. But there is a, a really growing trend that is going on. Where, where, where people are, they're disconnected, they're aggressive, and they are, um, they're very volatile, all right? And you see this a lot. And the more you watch it, the more you start feeling, and I don't want to feel this way. And you start dehumanizing everyone, you start thinking and painting everybody in broad strokes, which is what ultimately they want you to do, they want you to do. So I know that many people in this audience and many people who are uh, watching more liberal progressive leaning shows as well are definitely having this moments where they, they, they catch themselves and they go, what the hell am I doing? I got to just walk away from the keyboard a little bit. I've got to spend at least a half a day away from this phone. This is, this is horrendous. And I think that this text message to this producer was actually very important for people to talk about. But there's those six words. It's not how white men fight. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's let's go. Let's go thumb through some of the uh, the footage from from spring break in Miami, and you tell me how many of the how many fights in the in the streets are one on one. Let's let's look at all the 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 honorable one on one fights where the victor isn't then immediately jumped by the loser's friends. So I thought this was actually very insightful and very prescient because I can't stand catching myself in those situations, which is why I don't bring a lot of this stuff to the show. Yeah, we can analyze fight videos. We can analyze the most horrible things out there, but they're all around us. And I don't like to bring 
added dr drama and stress into your lives. Because Tucker Carlson, see, even when they try to expose the people that they hate, what they really do is they just shine light on how they have more character and they have more uh, inner dialogue, inner dialectic, where they, they're working against themselves even. They're not trying to find ways to rationalize why that one person needs to be beat up. Like uh, like Chris Cuomo wanted to tell everybody the, the difference between a good punch and a bad punch when he liked what he was seeing coming out of Antifa because of course their name means anti-fascist. So how could they be bad? That's what you get from the, uh, the paramecium's over at places like CNN and Media Matters and CNBC. So again, hats off to Tucker Carlson for being far more human than, than the rest of them. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more to do. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Thank you guys and gals for being here with me on this Wednesday night. It is 721. We're going to have our good friend Sean from the SGT Report joining us in just a, a few moments. Again, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have survived another day. And if you're watching this on Rumble, my request to you is just as, as, uh, as heartfelt. Please give this a thumbs up and keep encouraging people to give this a thumbs up in the chat room. Try to get as close to matching the number of concurrent viewers with those who are liking the stream. It'll do so much in getting us noticed somewhere by someone. You know, it only takes one person sometimes to change the entire world, especially when they notice somebody or a show like this. So who knows? Who knows what you guys can, who you guys can introduce this to tonight by just making it a little bit more visible with that like button. So, and if you want to share some thoughts with the show, you can send it over to quitefranklysuperchat.com. We're still, we're going to be doing the giveaway of the Dr. Gottwood's over the Stover Sapili Wood stovetop cover. Beautiful. You can check out all of their wonderful creations on the Dr. Gottwood's leak, uh, link over there at the affiliates page. And it's also going to include 10 tips to survive an encounter with Mothman written by Matt's hand. 
I'm going to do that drawing on Monday because I figured I'd just give it a full week, Monday to Monday, seven days over the weekend, and there you have it. All right, so here's the big uh, here's the big thing. We had a drone attack. They said a supposed assassination attempt on Vladimir Putin. Here is nine-second clip that many of you have probably seen many times today because it's very brief in Moscow. And you're going to see over, it's going to pass almost through the moon and cross in front of that flag on top of that domed building. And then it's going to explode. Watch this. It's coming down from the top left and pop, literally pop. So it exploded right next to this flagpole. It didn't even it didn't even look like they damaged the flag. I don't know what the hell this was. Was that was that a helium balloon? What was this thing? And what was it intended? What was it supposed to damage? It couldn't even take down a flagpole. Uh, so such weird stuff here. That was a big... Now, apparently, a couple other things have been shot down. But here's from Zero Hedge. Russia's Medvedev calls for elimination of Zelensky and his clique. After a drone attack, there's the update over here. Outspoken former Russian president and current deputy chairman of the Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, said on Wednesday in a post on social media that the overnight drone attack on the Kremlin has left Moscow with no options but to eliminate Ukrainian President Zelensky and his clique. Essentially, uh, he's calling for the decapitation strike of the government in Kiev. As for Zelensky, he's vehemently denied his government was behind the attack, which Russia is asserting was an assassination attempt targeting Putin. So I, I got to say, I'm very confused by this, especially by the seriousness with which uh, the Russians are, are taking this. And because of that, everybody's like, oh, it must be a, a false flag that the Russians launched on themselves. But, you know... The attack on the Kremlin, I mean, it's an, how was this an assassination attempt? What did they use and what did they use? It looked like a firecracker, a helium balloon. It didn't even take the flagpole out. So I just don't get, I just, was that supposed to get Putin? Where and how? So now it, I don't have an idea, a really a firm idea of, of what, what I even think is going on here, but it just stinks of the way that this all is very hyped up. I think the person who should be most worried about this is Zelensky because it does make more sense that the puppet masters could be creating predicate for his exit. You know, Zelensky killed or in some way retired. And then, I don't know, the Vatican comes in and makes a phony peace agreement. I don't know. But Russia seems to be taking it seriously. As for Zelensky, he's denied that the government has done this. He's in Finland. He says, we don't attack Putin or Moscow. We fight on our territory. We don't have enough weapons for this. We didn't attack Putin. We leave it to the tribunal. I don't know. I almost believe him. Because they don't have the weapons for this. What the hell do you think this is? Could it have been a third party? like we have uh, have seen in the uh, in the Nord Stream incident. United States, the United States Secretary of State Anthony Blinken weighed in, said, I can't in any way validate them, casting doubt on Russia's narrative. 
He says, we simply don't know. Second, I would take any I would take anything coming out of the Kremlin with a very large shaker of salt. Meanwhile, more interesting videos and closer up show inbound drone continue to emerge. Kevin Rothrock says, what kind of a state-of-the-art air defenses took down the drones that flew at the Kremlin last night? Footage of one explosion shows two people atop the Kremlin State Building allegedly armed with weaponry to destroy UAVs. Eat your heart out, Elon Musk. I did notice that, too. Over here, the bottom, the bottom left, there are two people climbing up the dome on the top of the, 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 uh, the building. And in comes that drone. They were there to see it up close. Um, here's the host of RT's crosstalk suggesting a huge escalation in Russian response is coming. Peter Lavelle says drone strikes on Kremlin while Kiev and its uh, western backers certainly have Moscow's attention. The Kiev regime will truly regret this attention. Civilian leadership is fair game now. So I don't... Um, I'm wondering what you think. I can't wait to hear what uh, what what Sean thinks. New York Times, meanwhile, has underscored that if confirmed, it would be the most audacious attempt, attempted strike on Russia, Russian soil since Moscow launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. It's not full-scale. It's not full-scale. If it was full-scale, Ukraine would have been completely consumed by now. There would have been nothing to stop it. Nothing. The report also provides a reminder of recent U.S. intelligence revelations which previewed such a scenario as drones targeting the Kremlin. I um I don't know. I think that they're they're fighting with one hand tied behind their back right now. Ian Bremer, speculation continues over the drone attack. Ian Bremer said this. It's obviously not an effort to kill the Russian president. It's either Ukrainian demonstration to show they can and will strike Moscow or Russian false flag to rally population, justify ramped up strikes on Kiev. Now, that's, that's the, he says, I suspect it's the Ukrainians. Too embarrassing for the Kremlin to display Ukraine can pinpoint a small but obviously symbolic ineffective explosion. Doesn't, that doesn't fly for me either. You know, I asked a friend, I said, what do you think about this? Because I defer to him on, on a lot of different things like this. And he said that Ru- he said Russia is not so unprofessional to display such an obvious fraud. Plus, it's so easy for them to eliminate Ukraine headquarters at this point, waiting for when it suits them. Also, read what occurred when the attack with Kremlin occurred. Um, Zelensky was in Finland, a NATO ally, then extended his stay and is still there now. Two days ago, Russia dropped a hypersonic bunker bomb that wiped out a secret underground military command center at 400 feet underground near Kiev that killed all inside, including a large number of important NATO personnel, reported by Clayton Morris. Commenting, this has been ignored completely by the Western media. I also heard, me personally, about hundreds of tons of ammunition recently destroyed too by the Russians. I pretty much only just wait for Douglas, Colonel Douglas McGregor to uh, upload to his YouTube. I just wait. Ever since the Saker blog went offline, I don't know where the hell they're posting anymore. I was following them on Telegram. Ever since they went offline, it's really just Douglas McGregor. And obviously, Russian intelligence is obviously very good. So I don't know where this all goes, but I want to uh, bring in a friend of mine 
and we can talk. You know him. Many of the people in this this uh, this audience knows Sean from the SGT Report. Many of you actually watched this show because many years ago he probably displayed me on his channel and and talked about me and, and, and befriended me. He's a good friend of mine, and I, I can't wait to see what he has to say about the craziness in the world. It's his first appearance in 2023. What's going on, Sean? Frank, hey, how are you, man? It's great to be back. It's great. It's great to have you back. I wish we did it more often, but I know how crazy life is. Yeah, crazy yeah. and getting crazier by the day. I mean, let's just stop for a second and let's process where we're at in 2023. We've got a wide open border with an invasion that's now in full progress. 1,500 U.S. troops are being sent to the border, not to shore up the border and stop the illegal immigration, but to do data processing. Meanwhile, all-cause all mortality globally up 40% since the rollout of what they're calling a vaccine. The U.S. banking system is looking more precarious than it did in 2008. Mm. What else? World War III with Russia and or China. Take your pick. Either we're going to fight over Ukraine or over Taiwan, maybe both. And all of this has happened under the dictatorship of the puppet-in-chief, who I assure you, in my opinion, did not get 81 million votes. So there are serious repercussions for elections, and uh, stolen elections have catastrophic consequences, Frank. Oh, no doubt. And let me ask you this. Let's just start with Ukraine, because that was that's what I was talking about before uh, we brought you into the, the, the fold here. Um, no matter what side people are viewing this from, the question seems to be that there's something odd about this. It's hyped up in a weird way. It's a false flag to create a response. The real question I have is uh, who is creating the predicate for what? Because Ukraine denies it. Russia surely doesn't need to attack itself to justify harsh re military responses. They've been prodded and poked since the beginning of this thing and have thus shown uh, a lot of restraint. Yeah. So, And then on the other hand, how did non-Russians get that drone so deep inside of airspace in their capital city. So what do you what do you think in the short amount of time we've been able to digest this? Well, you know, first of all, let me say, you know Harley Schlanger, right? Yes. The historian. I've interviewed him so many times. I know him through you. Harley Schlanger has been put on the enemies list of Ukraine by Zelensky. And when Zelensky comes up with these lists of people, these are people that they literally want to target with assassination. So you have to be very careful here. This is a lot like so many of the other subjects we talk about that are sensitive. If you criticize Ukraine, you may find yourself on that assassination list like Harley Schlanger has found himself to be on. So, you know, as it pertains to what's going on in the Ukraine, I would say that uh, Russia has shown remarkable restraint. Meanwhile, a hundred and what, $10 billion that we know about have flooded over to Ukraine as Zelensky and his generals loot the place. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. We're talking billions of dollars unaccounted for. Mm. But, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars Zelensky has enriched himself with, with taxpayer money. Meanwhile, remember when Trump was president? He couldn't get $5 billion for a border wall. But, you know, as it pertains to this drone, and by the way, I want to share a tweet with you before we go into that. Today, I think prior to this drone news coming out, Kim.com tweeted the following. Anyone who thinks that Ukraine can win a war against Russia is delusional with or without NATO. Anyone who thinks that Russia will not use nuclear weapons if NATO gets involved is playing Russian roulette with a fully loaded revolver. 
The U.S. government is gambling with your lives. And guess who has said that they will not hesitate to use nuclear weapons? Medved, uh, Medvedev. I can't even say his name. Yeah. Uh, Medvedev and, and Putin has said it too. Yeah. And uh, they said today that uh, Zelensky and his entire clique needs to be taken out. Um, Putin didn't say that. The other guy whose name I can't pronounce said that. Uh, Medvedev. How do you Med- say his name? Medvedev. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so, I mean, this stuff is really hard to follow because the developments are, you know, so huge on a daily basis. Did you see the breaking news today about the Biden crime family? No, what, what is this about? All right, this is very important. An FBI internal document, Joe Biden engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. So I'll just read the one paragraph here. This is from, uh, this is two, by the way, uh, Honorable, I would use that term loosely, Merrick Garland, Ugh. and the Honorable Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI. Uh, this is from Senator Chuck Grassley and Chairman of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability, James Comer. And uh, the first paragraph reads... We have received legally protected and highly credible unclassified whistleblower disclosures. Based on these disclosures, it has come to our attention that the Department of Justice and the FBI possess an unclassified FD-1023 form that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money, that's a bribe, for policy decisions. Frank, that's a bribe. That's treason in my in my view, a foreign national. It has been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. They go on to say it looks to them as though the DOG, uh, the DOJ and the FBI, despite having this information, have not done any investigation into the matter. So this is what we're up against as they continue to target their political enemies and anybody that would criticize this U.S. proxy war over Ukraine, really a proxy war with Russia over Ukraine. It's uh, it's shocking, and I think Kim.com is right. They're gambling with our lives, Frank. They're gambling with all of our lives, and when it comes to, to someone like Joe Biden, I really put him in the same category as a Jeffrey Epstein, which that 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 is a um, another big trove of revelations that are not too shocking, but really just uh, quite interesting the timing of it all we have to talk about that in a second and i say that because joe biden really has never really been a a a very big uh valuable player to the cabal he's been a willing player he obviously has no scruples he's a a liar and a degenerate and of course uh, liars and degenerates can can be brought along for things that are long slow boil treason plots and and how to chop up a country that you should be able to that you should call your home and sell it for parts and pennies on the dollar for personal gain and and all that stuff i think that at this point what i'm shocked about is they have kept him around for so long because when uh when jeffrey epstein became a visible liability after a while where he had this lavish degenerate lifestyle that had been emboldened by a very very large network of protectors uh, he just became too famous for his degeneracy whereas if it was kept quiet and he was doing his part in in keeping the world order together he would still be alive today joe biden i i think just by merit of how uh the 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 population has been so debased and demoralized 
I think that's the only reason why he's still alive right now, or or at least just in office, because as long as people just don't care who the hell is in office, as long as it's a D or an R, then it, it, it can just go on. It can go on until there's there's really nothing left of the bus. So um, what do you what do you think about that right there? The whole idea of his exit plan. I mean, this is this this guy is it's just incredible. It's incredible what's being outed about him. But still, he's lingering. Are you talking about Biden and Hunter, or are you talking about Epstein? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Biden. I, he he yeah. is, well, I I equated him to an Epstein character. Only thing is that when Epstein became too much of a public liability, he was removed from the uh, the chessboard. Uh, Joe Biden, he's the same kind of a guy. Uh, he he doesn't really bring anything to the table. He's always been a pawn, and now yeah. he finds himself in the Oval Office because that was just a play. And and uh, but but how the hell does has he survived this long? I really don't get it. Well, did you hear the clip from Biden the other day in which he mumbled and babbled and basically said, you might think the nuclear option is solely in the hands of me, the president, but that's not the case. And he basically said his handlers have control of this situation and they will decide. That's terrifying because his handlers, people like, thank God Susan Rice is out, but uh, Newland, uh, the people behind him, the Obama stay behind people, they are bloodthirsty people, and sadly, I think that they are willing to gamble with our lives. And they, you know, to call Putin's bluff is a really, really silly thing to do over Ukraine. So, I, you know, the question I keep coming back to is, what is Ukraine all about? What is going on? Why is it so important? Is it the child trafficking, human trafficking rat lines? Was it the biolabs that we now know? The, U the U.S. biolabs that were there? Is it a variety of these things? Is it uh, the bribery that we know has taken place? Was the foreign national mentioned in that memo I just read? Could that have been a Ukrainian foreign national? Now, more likely, I think it was probably a Chinese foreign national. But one wonders, why is Biden being held over a barrel over Ukraine? What is this all about? And you'll recall when Biden, he's such a pompous, pompous, disgusting individual. You remember when he was bragging at the Council on Foreign Relations about with, withholding the billion dollars? And you won't get the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. Well, who was the prosecutor? It was the prosecutor, prosecutor investi uh, investigating Burisma and Hunter Biden. So what happened? The prosecutor got fired. Ukraine got the billion dollars. And uh, Joe Biden bragged about it at the Council on Foreign Relations, the Rockefeller think tank. So this is what we're up against, this epic, epic corruption in a man sitting in the Oval Office who does not put this country first. Obviously. Yeah. Do you think for a second he cares about what happened in Palestine, Ohio, East Palestine with that train derailment? No, he didn't go there. But Trump did. And where did Biden go? Anywhere but East Palestine. And he hasn't been to the southern border either. So, yeah, we're, we've really got our backs up against the wall here. And uh, what do you think? What is this all about? What is Ukraine about at this point? I what are we doing? Do we really want to go to World War III with Russia over Ukraine? No. It's always been about, I, I don't know about the, I don't know where the, the isolation, the isolation of Russia was really all about and, and, and what they really thought they were going to do. Uh, then again, when you, when you read into the fourth industrial revolution ideas, the Agenda 2030 ideas, the Great yep. Reset, it all kind of overlaps with each other. You, you yep. think that you, you have to you have to almost like work multiple timelines to be able to bring 
certain things down to the ground to raise certain institutions, banks, everything down, destroy dollars, destroy nations with migrant crises, and to, uh, and, and to perhaps create such a cacophony of calamity that inside of that craziness, there is no one that will ever be able to truly exact the blame for what has happened. And therefore, through that chaos and the smoldering embers and whatever else they're trying to do to uh, reduce the population of the earth, obviously, they want to be the ones who are standing there afterwards, like the phoenix coming from the... They want to be the phoenix. They want to be the ones that get to reset this thing and be the controllers for the next round. Now, as far as Ukraine goes, it is just a gateway. It's just a gateway there. They know it's a hot button. As far as as far as being able to create scenarios that with your they can gaslight us with the media, like I said before, why if Russia surely does not need to attack itself to justify any kind of military response because they have been prodded and poked from the beginning. I mean, I mean, we even went and not only attacked Russia, but we attacked NATO with Nord Stream. I mean, that that was, you want to talk about provocation, and we just kind of walked away from that one. They still didn't drop any bombs. So they're trying to find a way to get some kind of real big move. That's why they've been saying that Putin is sick with every kind of cancer there is, that he is, uh, he is desperate, he's losing. They want him to seem like he's at the end of his rope and he is losing, and therefore, when they finally create a situation where something terrible has happened, they can say, well, this is why Putin did it. And there's enough stupid people in this country, and there's enough stupid people in Europe to actually believe a lot of that stuff to at least create a rift in the public consciousness where there won't be collective outrage as to what we've been stoking. Now, you had talked about human trafficking rat lines, uh, the, the, the really great work that people have done to, to show, and not only, not only the internet with open source information has shown what was going on with biological labs out there, but even that canned back and forth conversation that Victoria Newland had with uh, uh, Marco Rubio, however many uh, months back, where they, they pretty much admitted, yes, we have biolabs out there, and yes, if there is a incident, it would be classic Russia for them to do it. Only them could ever do it. It was the most ridiculous thing what they were setting us up for right there. But outside of that, there's warm water ports. There are natural resources, especially in that in those eastern provinces over there in Ukraine. Uh, we know from the FTX scandal, it's been a very lucrative taxpayer crypto laundry. Um, so, I, Sean, it's probably a list that would go on for infinity, and I, I wouldn't even know where to to really sum it up. Well, hold on now. Let's just let's stay over the target here because I want to share something with you because I know some people are calling this thing a potential false flag. Russia did it to itself with this drone, right? We're going to talk about that in a second. I don't know if you've seen this new article from uh, Alex Rubenstein via the gray zone. It was just posted two hours ago at Zero Hedge. So we can flush that out in a second. But imagine the restraint that Putin has shown in the face of these madmen in the West, right? And NATO encircling him. The Nord Stream pipeline was blown up, and uh, Seymour Hersh has told us who did it. It was Joe Biden and his administration. And Joe Biden and his team, Victoria Nuland, they bragged about what they were going to do before it happened. They said that if Putin goes into Ukraine, there will be no more pipeline, okay? So they telegraphed what they were 
going to do, and they did it, and Seymour Hirsch has laid out the facts. So what is a false flag? For those who don't know, the USS Liberty, that was a false flag. The Gulf of Tonkin that got us into the Vietnam War, that was a false flag. Uh, in my view, 9-11 was a false flag operation to take us into wars of aggression that the American people would not otherwise approve of, wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria. Uh, look what happened in Libya, Libya. The witch cackled. We saw. We came. We saw. He died. Okay, these are truly, truly evil people. And it's funny that they tried to blame the Nord Stream pipeline on Putin. Like Putin would want to blow up his own multi-billion dollar pipeline. When he so could just turn thing, when he could just turn off the spigot. He could just yeah. turn it off. Yeah, so the same thing is true. And by the way, just because you and I are having this conversation doesn't make us pro-Russia journalists Not at or pro-Putin Americans. We are having honest discourse that the whore mainstream media, the mockingbird mainstream U.S. media will not have. They won't have these conversations because they are in the pocket of the CIA, and it's their job to propagandize to the people. Look no further, and look, I don't totally despise Sean Hannity. He's better than most folks you'll find at CNN or MSNBC. But why does he wear a CIA pin on his lapel some evenings? Nah. Why? That's a little crazy to me. If you're going to be a journalist in this country, you ought not be on the CIA payroll, you know, in uh, Operation Mockingbird, which is exactly what Operation Mockingbird is, and you know that. So here's the article. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, but uh, Ukrainian oligarch offered cash for anyone willing to fly drone into Moscow. Did you have you heard about this? I, I uh, is this from late April? I mean, late, late. Well, it's referring to something that happened in late April, but then it pays off what with what we the footage we just saw today. So, days before a failed drone assassination targeting Putin, Ukrainian banking baron Vladimir Yatsenko offered five hundred thousand dollar bounty to any weapons maker able to land a drone in Red Square. All right, we'll go on. The drone that ultimately failed to hit its target, crashing roughly 12 miles from its intended destination, carried on it, where is the figure here? Um, something, I can't find it, something like, oh, here it is. The drone was carrying M112 explosive charges, which are used by several states, including Canada, the United States, and the United Kingdom. <laughs> Sound familiar, Frank? Yeah. So uh, Remnenko warned Putin we're getting closer after that failed drone attack. And, you know, I heard you comment here. I was listening here in the uh, waiting room. Uh, you know, people are saying this was a false flag and it was kind of a wimpy explosion that hit the top of that dome. Imagine, though, if Putin was the intended target at a parade and it hit him directly. That's certainly a large enough explosive charge to kill someone. So I think it's really uh, strange that the uh, it's not strange. It's. The same old playbook to see on Twitter, the same old Mockingbird mainstream media supporters immediately calling this a false flag. Because we've seen other missile attacks, right, that were intended to be blamed on Russia that tracked right back to Ukraine. And by the way, for those listening who don't understand, if you're a caring American person with kids who loves this country and doesn't fully understand the scope of what's going on in Ukraine, the, the situation is so desperate now for soldiers there that they are conscripting college kids they're going into colleges and grabbing young men and taking them directly to the front line with no training some of these people have absolutely no weapons training and they are being absolutely decimated by russian troops so just let that sink in how would you like your son 
to be snatched from college and dragged to the front lines with no training. Some of these people don't know how to load their weapons, Frank. Hmm. So that's what's going on there as uh, Zelenko, you know, lines his pockets and we the taxpayers are fleeced of tens of billions of dollars over this proxy war. And it's just maddening as hell. It is. And but but as you had said in your opening, in your opening there, what we're seeing at the southern border uh, what we're seeing with the dollar, with with the the the, the teetering of uh, collapse on on quite a few banks, a couple of huge ones have already gone under and have been absorbed by J.P. Morgan and and whatnot. But there's also there's this. There is just it all comes together in this respect. It, there is just so much happening, and we're moving in all one direction. It's not getting re- resolved. Because the resolutions are actually quite simple. If you wanted to figure out, if you wanted to solve a humanitarian crisis at the border, it's very, very simple. There is only a will to make it worse, to maintain it on a PR level while we become consumed. Uh, same thing with the banking practices we have. Obviously, at this point, the debt is too too far out of out of the scope of being repaid. And then, uh, and then this whole war. It's very easy. Very easy to make this all go away. But instead, they want, they want Ukrainians to offer up every last boy of the new generation out there to this phony war that has been completely stoked in the shadows, behind the scenes, since far before 2014. This is just, um, it's just incredible uh, how the, the, the savagery and how nonchalant they are about just bringing people to their deaths. That's why I, I don't think that you should ever put anything past them as far as being able to do something like rig an election. Well, I mean, that, that, that's, know, that's child's you play. A thought. You sparked a thought. So here's what's terrifying about what's going on in Ukraine. It's complete madness, right? It's the madness of a lost society as we have a captured government that is, in my view, criminal and out of control. But it's both sides of the aisle. Back on April 26th, there was that bipartisan Ukraine victory resolution introduced into the House and Senate whereby the only acceptable outcome of this conflict would be a full Ukrainian victory and a full Russian defeat. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, imagine if Biden had been in the office of president during the Cuban Missile Crisis. There would have been a nuclear exchange, and there almost was. What saved us from that? John F. Kennedy picking up the phone and talking to Khrushchev personally because the joint chiefs were pushing jfk into a nuclear exchange that's what they wanted that's what they said was the only solution we were on the brink of a nuclear war and jfk being the cooler head picked up the phone and talked to his adversary so (laughs) imagine if biden had been president then instead of jfk i mean i know he didn't qualify he wasn't old enough and now he's too old but you see my point yeah we wouldn't got a madman sitting in the oval office so thank god putin is willing to show some restraint he's yeah we wouldn't be talking right now that's that's a uh that's a certainty and i I, i'm glad you keep bringing that up there too the only thing i can i can say about this this situation in ukraine before we move on to something else is that russia does not need to do this to itself to create predicate they have been holding back the whole time. There has been predicate from start to finish. Well, since the form of NATO. Yeah, it's just... The yeah. promise was always that NATO would not surround and encircle Russia. And what has it done since, it's since the inception? Look at the map. 
it has surrounded and encircled Russia. And Ukraine was the last straw for Putin. That was the last straw. You come into Ukraine, we're going to have a war. And now he's saying, you guys want to use nukes? Then we'll use... I mean, this is insane. And that's because we have insane people running our government, Frank. Yeah. And look, what did uh, Trump do when he was in, in, uh, in the office of president? Uh, he wanted us to dial back from NATO. He talked about us getting out of the United Nations. He talked about us putting our country first and having having sovereign borders. So the mainstream media would say that these are all xenophobic ideas. These are this is the the rantings of a crazy person because we need a one world government. We need a you know a singular. They want to move us towards a central bank digital currency too. By the way. Mm-hmm. You know, as this Marxist movement to abolish the family continues on steroids. You know, we don't have to go on to this. I'm going on a tangent here, but I do want to let you know. I was listening to uh, that college swimmer, Riley Gaines, today. You know who that is, right? The yes. female Kentucky swimmer. She was on Sebastian Gorka's show, and she was talking about the assault on women's sports and the way she was treated by the Marxist mob at San Francisco State University, where the president of the university has now said that the Riley Gaines event was deeply traumatic for the trans community. (laughs) And Riley made the impassioned plea on uh, Gorka's show today that it is time for men and fathers and husbands to stand up for their girls. That's it. Because I want to remind people, too, I'm not going to get bogged down in this trans debate right now, by the way, which Riley Gaines rightly pointed out is a Marxist assault on the family and on gender. Uh, Riley Gaines was forced to change, and so were all the female swimmers, to change in the female locker room with a man born William Thomas, a biological male with one X and one Y chromosome, who has undergone, undergone no treatments at all to try to transition to a female we know that's not possible but you know the mainstream media would tell you it is possible he just simply put on a female swimming suit competed against the females and became a national champion despite get this you ready for this when he was swimming for three years as a male swimmer in college he was ranked 554th in the 200 meter freestyle as a female a male wearing a female swimsuit Thomas finished first in the 1650 yard freestyle beating the second place finisher by 38 seconds that's just this is madness this is complete madness and Riley Gaines goes to SFSU to tell her story to people who wanted to hear it and the trans mob showed up and they just about if they could have got their hands on her did you see the video? They would have beat her to death. I, I definitely fact, saw it, yes. She she had to hide out in a room with security for three hours till the crowd dissipated just to escape the campus. Well, well, well Sean, I saw this. I, I didn't read too far into it, but I saw in Colorado you had these two dozen uh, state state Democrats who voted against this bill that would make it a felony for anyone to indecently expose themselves to children, and their reasoning for it was that it could lead to the banning of drag shows. I mean, when that is your reasoning, what the hell are we talking about here? What the hell are we talking about? The indecent exposure, I mean, that, that is something that we, we could have, we have to disagree with? Because why? Because the nature of drag shows is to what? And it never used to be this way. That's the whole thing here. You go back 10 years, 
I mean, if you wanted to have a crazy night out for a, uh, a bachelorette party, a bachelor party, you wanted to see something outrageous for a night to make it a night to remember, you, that's one thing that some, some people would, would suggest. Hey, you want to go to a drag show, have a real uh, a, a nutty time? It never the, the the mixing of that world and children has only really popped up in the last couple of years now, and and and, and what is being thrown out, the babies that are being thrown out with the bathwater, for this is absolutely incredible, and the fact that they have been able to recruit, the can they have been able to uh, to recruit the um the 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 support. Of as many people as they have, at least in 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 any kind of visible way on social media and all these these demonstrators, it's just it's just nuts. It's just absolutely nuts. And and I, I really do hope that fathers and men um, start start showing up because that's when all of the abusers they co- they go running for the hills when a, when a when a house is is manned and uh, and protected by by someone who knows what's right. So. Well, and, and men have to stand up. And uh, look, it's very clear. Uh, this is a um, attack. It's a Marxist attack on our culture and on our society. And the whole goal of Marxism is to abolish economic and cultural inequality. Well, how do you do that? Some people are born rich. Some people are born poor. Some people are born, you know, attractive. Others aren't. Some people are born with penises. Others are born with vaginas. How do you destroy all of that? by destroying the differences between people. And it's a little bit like UN Agenda 2030. They don't want to lift up the third world, the first world standards. They want to lower our living standards to that of the third world. And the World Economic Forum has said it. Klaus Schwab has said it. In the future, you will own nothing and be happy. So it is a degradation. It is the destruction of society. It is the destruction of Christian and cultural norms, thereby making us all equal and, you know, equal in a very, very bad way because none of us will have freedom. None of us will have the ability to build wealth. None of us will be able to hand wealth down to our progeny, right? And that gets us back to a central bank digital currency and the banking meltdown. I think all of this is sort of happening by design right now because JP Morgan only gets bigger and more powerful as these small banks fail. And the FDIC, by the way, is now really running on fumes. Previously, it had about 1.5% of the monies needed to insure all deposits in this country, in FDIC-insured banks, 1.5%? They're burning on fumes now because who did they just bang, uh, bail out? First Republic Bank. I think that might now be the second biggest failure, bank failure in U.S. history. And the hits just keep coming. There was an item tonight I saw in Zero Hedge. There's another bank tonight. I'll have to, let me look for this. I, I didn't have it bookmarked for you. But uh, another bank is running on fumes tonight. And this news just broke. Um, here, yeah, it is. Troubled California bank PacWest craters 60% on report it's seeking buyers or capital raise. So, I mean, the seriousness of the banking situation right now cannot be overstated. And uh, it's just, the hits just keep coming. I don't know. There's there's too much to talk about tonight. There, there is. Uh, there is. That's why I'm glad you're on with me. I, I had a couple more things there, too. Um just because I, I wanted to ask your thoughts, your general thoughts about the, the Epstein. We made some Epstein um, references before, but this the story that's been broken and it's being you know published in multiple parts now by the Wall Street Journal. What do you mm-hmm. think about what they're saying? I, here it is. Uh, here's some of the, the liner notes from the, the April 30th publication. 
a nation spy chief, longtime college president, top woman in finance, circle of people who associated with Jeffrey Epstein years after he was convicted sex offender is wider than previously reported. William Burns, director of the CIA, since 2000, had three meetings scheduled with Epstein in 2014 when he was deputy secretary of state, the document shows. He's the, he's the current CIA director. They met in Washington, and then Mr. Burns visited Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. Maybe he was getting some dental work done. Uh, Catherine Rumler. Uh, uh, Goldman Sachs. Yep. A White House counsel under President Barack Obama. Dozens. She's now the chief legal officer for Goldman Sachs, and guess who helped her get that job? Epstein. Oh. He also planned for her to join a 2015 trip to Paris and a 2017 trip to Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. Dozens of meetings with her. Leon Botstein, the president of Bard College, invited Epstein, who bought a, brought a group of young female guests to the campus. Noam Chomsky, a professor, author, and political activist, was scheduled to fly with Epstein to have dinner at his Manhattan townhouse again, for maybe for some dental work in 2015. None of their names appear in the now public black book. So what are you thinking about this slow drip of big-time players in finance and uh, notable notable uh, office holders in, in our own government? We know that the list probably goes on and on and on, but where is this all coming from and why, why now, you think? Yeah, you know, I was listening to an interview with uh, journalist Whitney Webb, and uh, it, we're talking about thousands of pages of calendar meetings and emails. So the documents aren't public. So all we have to go on is this slow drip from the Wall Street Journal, who is picking and choosing the names to release. So I, I think it would be wise to ask, you know, why are they naming, you know, William Burns, who's now the head of the CIA? Why are they naming Catherine Rumler, who's now the uh, chief legal officer for Goldman Sachs? Uh, why are they mentioning, you know, Noam Chomsky, uh, Ehud Barak, the former prime minister of Israel? who's also very central to the Epstein sex trafficking story. Uh, they're talking about the uh, ties to Microsoft and the MIT Media Lab. Um, you know, I'm not sure why they're picking and choosing. Why not just release all the documents? Why not just release all the flight logs? Why not just release, you know, all of the people that uh, Epstein was servicing? Uh, how about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? Isn't it interesting? Mm -hmm. She goes to prison. But none of the Johns, none of the people that were using the services were ever named, and none of those people go to jail. So, I, you know, I really don't know. I mean, the documents aren't public, and the Wall Street Journal is picking and choosing which names to expose. But what it does tell us is what you and I already knew. This whole Epstein thing and Epstein Island was a sex trafficking honeypot. It was an intelligence operation. Look no further than Ehud Barak, the former prime minister of Israel in Mossad, okay, and William Burns now the head of the CIA. It is a sex trafficking intelligence operation to ensnare their political opponents in some cases, or in other cases, their political allies who they want to be able to blackmail in the future to keep in line. That's my opinion. It's been my opinion. It will continue to be my opinion. And it kind of ties into all the research uh, and reporting you and I have done about Pedogate and Pizzagate, right? Mm -hmm. Based on the WikiLeaks emails that were released, that named people like John Podesta and Hillary Clinton as emailing each other and using widely recognized uh, pedophilic language, widely recognized to be that by the FBI. Coded words in emails, very strange sentences and words used in various emails that uh, got Anons to be, uh, dig in 
and uh, ask the question and discover a lot of issues with these people and their relationships. That's how people found out about uh, the spirit cooker, Marina Abramovic and her ties to the Podesta brothers. And then you have all the Podesta brothers art, which is very child centric, very pedophilic in nature, hanging all over Tony Podesta's uh, Washington DC house. Um, you've got the whole comet ping pong thing and uh, you know James Alephantis's Instagram, which was just coated with language and had very suspect pictures of little children uh, and little children eating pizza and little babies. And uh, do you remember the kill room shot? It looked like an empty, cold storage locker that might be used to, if not hold meat, then to torture somebody. And what did it say next to it? Hashtag murder. So I, I, there's so much more to these stories than we'll ever know. But, you know, like that whistleblower, she wasn't even a whistleblower. She was actually caught on tape uh, on a hot mic while she was getting her makeup uh, done. I can't remember her name, but the reporter at ABC News who said we had all of it. She was so frustrated. We Amy, had all of it three it years was, ago. It was Amy And Robeck. the brass at ABC News buried it. They said, nope, we're not, we're not going with that story. So they knew about Epstein long before. So did Cindy McCain, by the way, John McCain's uh, surviving wife. She is admitted on, on video. We all knew. Everybody knew what was going on with Jeffrey Epstein. But they were afraid to do something. Why? Because there was, some, there was a force out there much bigger than the FBI who's conducting that Operation uh, Leap Year that was tying together all this, the, the New York, the, the Caribbean, the Florida, the European, and new, the New Mexico locations all together. They had everything there, and it was oh, all— No, it, you're breaking news for me. I don't know. What is Operation Leap Year? Oh, you've got to look into Leap Year, man. That's everything. That, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that, that Alex Costa was all a part of that was scuttled at the last bit, that it was all, it was all whittled down to nothing but that 13-month uh, stay-at-home order. And I'll, I'll give you some stuff to read after we get off the air. I mean, that's the, that, that was the big federal investigation— that was picked up when all of the when the when the state investigation into him was scuttled, and uh, and and you you got to know more about that, Sean. Absolutely, I mean that that ties into Zorro Ranch from New Mexico and all the okay. yep. the genetic yep. stuff. But but you know yep. this is a um, this is just uh, as you said one of of many things that all tie in and uh, and continue to build. And you wonder, all right, well. Um, is the dam about to to bust, or is this really just going to be cleared all out and and a new shitty foundation built for whatever the hell they're planning for the next two hundred years? I can't I can't put my my heart and my my mind behind that. No well, no way whatsoever. Can I add something to the conversation on this particular subject, though? Just in case there's any bleeding heart liberals out there or any conservatives who believe that uh, the man sitting in the White House uh, should lawfully be there. Um, regardless, even if he did get that many votes and he should be there, he is committing treason against the country on a daily basis. The first thing he did upon becoming president was kill the XL pipeline, the Keystone XL pipeline. That's the first thing he did. The second thing he did was end federal gas and oil exploration uh, leases for that on federal land. Uh, he's opened the borders. So for any bleeding heart liberals out there who don't think that this is an important topic, or, or you think the Epstein thing is just sort of a sidebar and it's really not that big a deal and we're only talking about a few kids on Epstein Island. We're not talking about thousands of kids. All right. There are 85,000 immigrant children who have gone missing that have come through. They've been trafficked through the border. 85,000 children, immigrant children, are missing. And by all accounts, these children have been sucked into rat lines for sex trafficking and sex slavery or human slavery. 
So imagine the nightmares that are now going on all over the world with these children who have vanished. This is all on Joe Biden's watch. It's on Mariocca's watch, too. Is, uh, uh, I can't pronounce that guy's name. I don't have it in front of me, but you know who I'm talking about, the, the uh, borders are or whatever. But these people are pure evil in my view, and you got to think about these children who've been sucked into these rat lines. You've got the cartel trafficking in children, the Mexican cartels trafficking in children. you got fentanyl coming through. Now you got fentanyl coming through that's laced with this, I think it's called Trank. So even, you know how if somebody is having a fentanyl overdose, if the uh, ER team gets there quick enough, they can give you that uh, nasal shot of, I forget what it's called. Do you uh, know what I'm talking about? You it... can bring people back who are dying from fentanyl, but you can't now because the fentanyl, at least in some cases, is laced with a heavy-duty tranquilizer. So even if you're brought back, oh, it's called Narcan. Narcan. I if think you're it's... brought back by the Narcan from fentanyl, you can survive. If you're on fentanyl laced with Trank, the stuff doesn't work. So this is literally the Chinese government manufacturing the fentanyl, bringing it in with the cartel's cooperation. They're all getting rich with that and the child sex trafficking. It's just a horror show, Frank. And I just wanted to tell people, anybody listening who thinks this Epstein talk is just a sidebar, no, the plague of child sex trafficking and human trafficking on this planet is, I think, maybe the worst thing that we're up against. It might be the biggest, most Luciferian, most diabolical thing that humanity faces. Um, I want to ask you about a couple other things, maybe one thing that leads into the next, and then we can start talking about uh, hopeful outlooks, because I, I don't, uh, I w- I'd be remiss if we if we just continue to describe the waters that we're drowning in without any kind of reminders of, of what kind of a, a miracle it is that we are living at this moment, and, and, and the opportunities we have to make each day better than the one before it. I... Um, I was wondering what you what you're thinking about Robert Kennedy in in whatever time that he has spent on television now since he declared his his candidacy because knowing the way that the machine works I don't think many of us think that Robert Kennedy Jr was ever going to be president of the United States but how do you like the way he's been using his time on at least television so far he has been very um, consistently anti-bureaucracy he doesn't back down on gotcha questions about vaccine safety and his critique of the intelligence community I, I believe is not only authentic but all of this stuff is very personal he knows his uncle and his father were murdered uh, he, he know I mean there is there's no doubt about it. he knows what what kind of a game he is playing and how it has affected his life personally since he was a very small child. Um, what do you think at least just about his presence out there? Not ne- not necessarily his chances of winning. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, yeah, I made a uh, statement in a recent uh, interview with a guest that uh, I think it would be a great ticket uh, if Trump invited or selected RFK Jr., to run with him as vice president. I think that's probably pie in the sky. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it would make for a very interesting ticket and maybe bring some folks over from the lefty side of the aisle who have felt abandoned by how far left and extreme and Marxist the Democrat Party has become. But you're right. What I think is wonderful about RFK is he stands up for children. He talks about vaccines and the damage vaccines can cause. He's outspoken about big pharma and uh, you know their ability to manufacture products that they can't be sued for when they hurt or kill you. Uh, And he has talked openly about the CIA's involvement in the murder of his uncle, John F. Kennedy, and the murder of his father, 
Robert F. Kennedy, and he has said that if Robert F. Kennedy was alive, he would also agree that Sirhan Sirhan should not be in prison. He should be let out because, in RFK Jr.'s words, Sirhan Sirhan is not the man who killed my father. And then he went on in the interview I was listening to to name the man who he believes did kill his father, the man standing behind him, who I believe was posing as a waiter. But uh, no, this guy is willing to speak truth and stand up against the most diabolical alphabet agency, if not in existence, certainly in our country, and that's the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. And I'm not saying everybody at the CIA is bad, but RFK knows who killed his father, and he believes the CIA was involved, and he's willing to say it. So all the things that were just fringe conspiracy theories even a decade ago and were sort of one of those things that if you talked about, they tell you to put on your tinfoil hat, Frank? Mm. All of that stuff is coming in the open now, and I think it's part of the Great Awakening or maybe more likely the biblical apocalypse, the unveiling, right? Nothing will be hidden. Everything will be known. So all the things that they were doing in the shadows for decades and decades and decades, people are starting to learn the truth now and wake up in droves, and I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has played a very big part in that, in my view, right? And uh, he's friendly with people like Alex Jones, who have been maligned, who have been sued for billions of dollars for speaking out. Uh, they tend to target anybody who speaks truth. So what they're going to try to do with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is marginalize him or ignore him or both, but they will not allow him to even debate the puppet Joe Biden and the DNC has said so. They said no debates, no primary debates, Joe's the guy. Can you even believe that? That is insane. We now live in a banana republic. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. He, uh, Joe Biden is more cognitively impaired than he was in in 2020, and and that entire campaign was was really run, as I like to say, out of the video editing room at CNN. He didn't campaign. It was it was incredible what they were able to copy and paste together to turn him into what I mean. I guess what they're trying to present as a viable candidate. Now that he's in there, it's just the whole the whole. I'm not going to dignify this with a response kind of a situation. We won't be debating at all. On the other hand, do you do you like the idea? Uh, do you like uh, Trump's stance on not wanting to debate, not wanting to show up? And do you like that whole thing? I know he's doing a town hall with CNN some sometime soon. He's obviously going to be hitting the road and stumping and all that stuff. But um, uh, whereas the DNC is blocking anybody from talking to their brain dead poster boy at the at the moment. What do you think about Donald Trump's resistance to uh, going out there and having to compete like he did in 2016 again? You know, I didn't know that. Is he saying that he refuses to debate? So I know he's far and away the leader right now. He's way ahead of even he's expressed DeSantis. He's expressed hesitancy. And, and honestly, from his standpoint, I, I wouldn't want extra hoops to, to jump through either. When I mean, he clearly won the last two times around. If all things were equal, he would win just as much as FDR ever won. Um, so it's just like I, I understand there too, but there, um, you know, there there are two different reasons why Joe Biden and Donald Trump may not want to have to go through the rigmarole of going out there and uh, and doing these uh, these debates again. So uh, at this point, all Donald Trump can ever do is really promote other people, other candidates, because he's he's got a brand that nobody can touch. Yeah, you know, I mean, who's he going to debate besides DeSantis? What, Nikki Haley? I mean, who else is even a serious candidate? Who's even running? Who thinks that they could possibly get the nomination, you know, over Trump? 
I don't know. It's a waste. I mean, this kind of takes us back to the whole last sham election in which you dare not speak about uh, electronic voting machines or you get sued. Um, it was the fairest and cleanest election in American history, we were told. Meanwhile, uh, what did we get? Those hockey stick ballots that showed up in the middle of the night when we were all sleeping, when Trump was ahead in the five key swing states? And then in the morning, we wake up and Joe Biden's ahead. And, you know, I always swore that they would never, Joe Biden would never get sworn in. Um, the white hats, the military, whoever couldn't allow that to happen because it would be a then successful coup. Because my whole view was that this thing was a coup. And I guess I don't know where I'm going with that. Maybe I'm preaching to the choir here. But uh, I think what happened in that last election was a coup. And now we're suffering the uh, repercussions of that coup because nothing the guy who's in the White House right now is that he's doing, nothing he's doing is good for our country or our families or our economy. Absolutely nothing. And so, I, I mean, I think it's a shoe-in for somebody like Trump to win if we had an honest election. So, you know, to be fair to him, why should he debate? Because all the polls, CPAC, everything show that he's far and away the front runner. But I don't think he's afraid of a debate, whereas no. Biden is. No, no, Biden's I, I, terrified I, of a debate because Biden can't even speak with a teleprompter. Right. I, I did not. I, any kind of hesitancy from Trump, uh, I, I would never have attributed that to in fear or nervousness. I mean, there is with Biden, you're talking about an incapacitated person. So that's just the fact that he would be going up there as the incumbent and barely able to speak is is so disconcerting. Uh, it, it would just make people realize of what has been done to us, because even people who think that their vote put Joe Biden in office, it did not happen. Anyway, I vote. That's why we voted him in. You know, no, 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 no. He was inaugurated. Yes, your vote did not put him in. It's just, it's just a, a fairy tale at this point. Um, one last thing. I, I saw this recently, and I don't want to get too dark here, but um, I saw this recently that you were doing a uh, a show with a Dr. William Macus or Macus, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I- it is Macus. I pronounced that wrong. He was very polite at the end of the interview after we were off. I said, you know, I hope you don't tell me that your name's Macus. And he says, it is, but don't worry about it. I don't mind at all. All right. Well, Macus throughout the interview. The Macus, he, um, well, there's no C in there, so I would have said Macus as well. Yeah. There is an article here from, I guess, what is this, uh, from, from his website, and it's talking about this turbo cancer. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, what, is, what, what is this that you had, had discussed? Because... I mean, uh, turbo cancer leukemia. Children from 11 to 21 are dying within hours or days of, of diagnosis. What What is this coming from all of a sudden? I have not seen it published anywhere. Yeah, in some cases that is uh, happening, and uh, it's never really been seen before in our documented history. That's not to say that people haven't been diagnosed with leukemia and then died the next day. Yes, that's happened, but what's happening now with young people is happening in really alarming numbers. You have kids dying in their sleep. You have kids dying on the uh, you know soccer field uh, while playing basketball. Some kids are dropping dead of heart attacks. Others are dropping dead of pulmonary embolisms. Some are dropping dead of strokes. And uh, cancer is really emerging as a front runner for taking young people out. And it's really fast acting cancer. And as we documented in the interview that I just did with Dr. Macus or Macus, um, that is to be expected based on Pfizer's own documents. Now, remember, Pfizer wanted to bury 70,000 
pages of documents related to their experimental mRNA gene therapy, which we now know is a bioweapon, and I'm not the one saying that. I'm quoting doctors. I'm quoting whistleblowers, former Pfizer uh, insiders, uh, vice presidents of the company like Michael Yeadon are calling this thing a bioweapon. And uh, Pfizer wanted to bury those documents. The FDA agreed. Uh, They wanted to bury the documents for 75 years. And a federal judge said, no, release the documents. And people have been going through those documents. And, uh, you know, I don't have all the science here sitting in front of me to uh, explain it, Frank. But uh, Pfizer's own documents showed that what would happen. Let me bring up a slide here. i got to share this with you in the audience. Give me one second. I've got it right on my screen. I just need to locate it. Here it is. October 20, 2020. This is a slide from an FDA presentation. It's titled FDA Safety Surveillance of COVID-19 Vaccines, Draft Working List of Possible Adverse Event Outcomes. Included in these adverse events are Guillain-Barre syndrome, transverse myelitis, stroke, convulsions and seizures, narcolepsy, acute myocardial infraction, infarction, myocarditis and pericarditis. Kids are dropping dead all over the uh, world from myocarditis, myocarditis, pericarditis, autoimmune disease, adverse pregnancy and birth outcomes, uh, Kawasaki disease, and here's one, upper right column, death. Death. So Pfizer knew what some of the adverse event outcomes of their product would be, and so did the FDA, and they wanted to bury all of this for 75 years, Frank. So that's a big part of the conversation, and people should follow Dr. Uh, uh, the good doctor over there on uh, Twitter. And uh, he, that's where he breaks the news pretty much every day of a new death, a new death, multiple deaths a day. He said in the interview with me that too many kids are dying on a daily basis to post them all on Twitter. You're talking young people, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, healthy kids, no problems, just drop dead on the soccer field, drop dead playing ba- base, uh, basketball. Parents find them uh, you know, on a school morning, ready to get up for school, dead in the bed. It's just an absolute nightmare. And I asked him in the interview, do we know that all of these kids received the vaccine? And he said, in many cases, yes, because the parents go public. The parents are distraught. The parents say, this kid was perfectly healthy until he got the vaccine, until I took him to get his shot or his booster. So yes, one of the adverse uh, outcomes is uh, the destruction of the immune system, which will turbo speed the onset of cancer, especially for anybody who has any cancer in their body. You know, once your immune system goes down, mm. um, then the cancer in uh, the doctor's view is becomes turbo cancer. And by the way, he's not the one that coined that phrase. He's just the one that's picked up the ball because that phrase became popular when other doctors have seen an explosion of cancers around the world post-vaccine rollout. Uh, let me ask you this because obviously you are, I mean, everything that you do at SGTReport.com and the phaser and your show, you, you work tirelessly. You're always interviewing people. You've got episodes in the feeder three, four days out. And, uh, and, and you, you always make time for everyone, which I think has always been fantastic. When I follow your podcast, it, it, I, I know that every once in a while you're going to not only dip into geopolitics, but you're going to dip into the metaphysical. You're going to go into uh, occult uh, issues and, 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 and theory and, uh, I mean, hidden history. You go everywhere and you have great guests. So I just wonder that in all the, the stuff that you've been doing lately and all the accounting of all this 
ter- I mean, this is not fun stuff. It's not to, we, that's why we have to take account, I think, every day of the blessings in our personal lives, because if we're going to look out into the world at large for some kind of a, a reminder or some kind of a something to be grateful for, most of the people who are putting things in our faces and are representing the rest of the world are only going to show you the, the kind of uh, uh, the, the kind of butchery that they are sponsoring the wars, the economic volatility, um, the, 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 the medical uh, shenanigans that are going on here, and then what they promote at the World Economic Forum every couple of months at their fucking summits. So I, um, I wonder, in all of your daily work, what are you finding right now that is most inspiring and that keeps you in a nice, healthy orbit? Um, I know that you work out a lot. I know you have a good relationship with your family. But what is inspiring you the most about uh, about your work and in the future for humanity? Because we need a little bit of that right now. Well, yeah, it's funny you'd ask me that because you're the one when I had you on my show recently, I complimented you for approaching all of this bad news in kind of a positive way. You've got a real knack for communication <laughs> that, uh, you know, you don't always sound angry. I'm not saying I always sound angry, but I think you've got a gift of covering this stuff in a way that makes it a little bit more palatable for people because this is dark stuff. I think if there's anything that buoys my spirit, it is the emergence of new people in the space, not just one or two, dozens and dozens and dozens of great people doing great work, like Maria Z. She's from Australia, and now she is a sometimes co-host of InfoWars, the Alex Jones broadcast. Uh, my friend Mike Adams at Natural News. Um, we've, we have a very reciprocal relationship, and when Mike was taken down off of uh, YouTube, I came to his defense, and when I was taken down from YouTube without cause or warning on October 15th, 2020, he came to my defense. Um, I like the fact that we can all band together. I like the relationship I have with you and so many others. Uh, people like Harley Schlanger, people like my every other Friday conversation with Dr. Lee Leet and attorney Todd Callender, who are exposing all of the criminality we've been talking about. They're exposing the World Health Organization's uh, desire to usurp our national sovereignty and Joe Biden's willingness to go along with it. So in the event of another pandemic, right, uh, catastrophic contagion, I think was the latest um, war game, the tabletop exercise held by Johns Hopkins and the World Economic Forum and the Gates Foundation. Remember event 201, which they held three months before the pandemic happened and COVID rolled out? Mm-hmm. They wargamed all of it in event 201. Um, and so, you know, I have on people that are helping expose what the mainstream horror mockingbird media will not expose, what they will not discuss. Um, all of these mainstream media shows now are really nothing more or nothing less than propaganda. It's very hard to find real news and information from the mainstream media. So what I'm buoyed by is the fact that there are so many people now that are waking up and getting engaged. You know, mama bears showing up at city council meetings, at school board meetings, and reading these people the riot act for having cartoon pornography in the uh, libraries and the school rooms, literal cartoon pornography. Did you happen to see the tweet the other day from Hillary Clinton's uh, offspring, Chelsea, saying that it's you know people like us that are robbing kids of their ability to get educated and to have an open view of the world as she supported some of these very same books that are quite literally cartoon pornography, gay cartoon pornography of little children doing sexual things with other children 
That's what's depicted in these books, and Chelsea Clinton defended it. Oh, they, but then they, but they never, yeah, but they never, they never actually talk about the books. They, they, they are very, very general, uh, Sean. No, yeah, but it, Chelsea named this specific book. I don't have it in front of me, and then others showed, in response to her tweet, images, illustrations from within the book that are very clearly pornographic in nature. Nature, albeit cartoons, but who wants their little seven-year-old kid or eleven-year-old kid? who hasn't even hit puberty and isn't even thinking about sex, to read those books and to be indoctrinated. So I'm just buoyed by the fact that there's so many people, dozens and dozens, hundreds of people doing what I do, doing what you do, speaking out, trying to educate school boards, you know, speaking out against the trans insanity, speaking out against the evil of the open borders, speaking out against the evil of child sex trafficking, speaking out of the unending evil of these wars, these proxy wars, and taking us to the brink of World War III. Um, again, I, I guess if our cup is half full, it's that this is the apocalypse in the sense that it, it's the unveiling. Those with the eyes to see and the ears to hear can now see and hear the truth about what we're up against in this world, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess let me ask you this. At the top of the control structure, do you think the, peer, the people in control... Okay, we don't even have to name names. I'm not even saying specifically the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or the Windsors. But the people, the banksters, the people in control, the real power brokers of this world, do you think they're spiritual? And if you do think they're spiritual or have spirituality in any sense of that word, what do you think they lean toward in terms of their spiritual belief system? Oh, it's dark. It's dark. These, I had, my, I had a conversation with my, uh, my friend uh, Timothy last night. And um, and and we 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 went back over that whole that that whole outlook on this building battle that is coming up right now. And whereas it seems like the ultimate face-off is going to be between atheists, uh, atheism, communism, and the Christian world. What's what is uh, left of it? Because it has been very very weakened in its in its resolve to fight. What is really going on here is that the truly most pathetic people, the most pathetic pawns and all this, are the created creatures, the creatures, the atheist creatures who have been militarized for this fight because those who have created them are in no way, shape, or form atheistic. They are not, they are not non-theistic. They understand the kind of uh, the, the duality of things, the dark and the light that is going on, and they have they have cast their lot. Um, they have just created a uh, uh, an army of voided out pawns who are willing to go out on destructive benders and and uh, and and just give themselves over to that that spirit of debauchery and uh, and and degeneracy, completely stripping away anything that is subjectively good and right and definitive for for mankind and uh, and and they are just battle bots so even though that's what we see every day we think that we're up against a uh, a godless a godless uh, front and that it all is all it is it's just a front because at the top i really i 100% do believe that the puppet masters have a spiritual allegiance and it is just on the opposite side of uh, of good well, it is, and I think uh, you got there, and I appreciate you saying that. Now, I just want people to know that uh, in uh, Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, he dedicates the book to Lucifer. And 
who loves that book and who did uh, and who called Saul Alinsky one of her mentors? Hillary Clinton. And by the way, guys, if you don't think that these people at the top of the pyramid embrace a very dark power, some might say Lucifer, even the U.N. is now backing sex with minors. They want to normalize sex with minors. The United Nations is backing the move to legalize sex with minors. Let that sink in. In 2016, I play this clip a lot. Tom DeLay was on Newsmax, and he talked about a memo coming from the Department of Justice that said they wanted to fast-track and legalize 12 perversions, including bestiality and sex with children. I play that clip constantly because now here we are, seven years later, and the UN is saying they want to legalize sex with minors. Between adults, by the way. Adults and minors. Pedophilia. Well, Sean... There's some... <laughs> See, I didn't leave it on a happy note, did no, I? No, no, listen, it, it, here's, a, here's the, 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 there's a lot of people out there, there's a lot of people out there who um, I think uh, they, they want to hear that there is going to be a, uh, the, the, the dawn is coming. And cycl- cyclically, as we know throughout history, the dawn always does come, but the night is sometimes long and and there is a lot of things a lot of feeling around in the dark and there's a lot of battling to be done and you have to uh, breathe through your your dreams and you have to take a very very close hold of things that are dear to you and walk through it i don't i don't really trust people who uh really reduce what we're going through right now to just something that you could you can vote your way out of that if we if we just go and uh pamphleteer a little bit more in some really in some purple, you know, trending purple areas, we can turn a couple of blue districts red. We can get a, the house back, and then from there we can we can I don't know reform Social Security a little bit. That is a um, that is a world that I I think it, it's not a world I, I ever want to live in because ever again because it's just it misses the point. And honestly, it is um, it is a serious situation we're in right now. And to to take account of things that we're facing with a little bit of you know responsibility is um, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun to look at these things. You know, it's it's great to crack jokes to be able to get ourselves through the day and uh, and find the the will to wake up the next morning and do it all over again. But uh, but all of our inspiration and all of our action has to be local. The world itself is um, it, it's it's going through an upheaval, and perhaps it needs to happen. It needs to happen, and it's all right to, to, to stare darkness in the face a little bit as long as we're willing to smirk and, and keep pushing. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and, uh, you know, the final thing I guess I'd say is that, uh, you know, there's some folks out there in our space who do good work, but a, a couple of those folks are like, you know, enjoy the show, sit back, grab your popcorn, enjoy the show as they tar- cover dark topics and then might suggest that, you know, white hats are working behind the scenes to – you know, decommission Biden and, you know, reusher. Where'd Sean go? Sean, you there? He's still connected. Sean? Sean? He's gone. The hell's that all about? Let's see if he pops back in. That'll be a good sign. Sean? Don't go. Oh, here he is. Sorry, I think, uh, did we get cut out there? Oh, yeah, yeah, you dropped out for a second there. Everybody was thinking the worst. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. 
You know, I was just saying that, uh, you know, there's some folks out in the space that do good work, but say, uh, you know, enjoy the show, grab your popcorn, enjoy the show, right? Like there's white hats working behind the scenes to, you know, decommission Biden and usher the rightful president back to the White House, Donald J. Trump. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence of that. So, you know, I don't cover sort of hopium like that. Uh, but, you know, what does give me hope, again, are people taking action, like you just said, on a local level. Show up and hold these school boards accountable. Show up and hold the city council uh, accountable. Show up and hold your legislators accountable. You know, can you hear me or did we get? Oh, I'm, I'm hearing you. Yes. Okay. So no, I just think, uh, you know, our cup is half full because we still have a constitution and a bill of rights and it's up to us to keep it. Sean, uh, sgtreport.com. Anything else you want to let everybody know that's, that's coming our way? Any, any big bookings or, uh, an article you're working on anything? Well, thanks. I appreciate it, man. I enjoy being on your show. Um, Nothing major on the horizon. You know, I do my every other week conversation with uh, attorney Todd Callender and Dr. Lee Vliet. Uh, I got Sophia Smallstorm coming back on the line. Brad Peters is going to be a future guest. Dave and Jaronism. David Weiss, if you guys want to go and venture into the area of woo-woo, we'll be talking about uh, all things moon landings and otherwise. Did we actually go to the moon in 1969, 70, 71? Uh, those gentlemen believe we did not, uh, or at least NASA did not. And uh, so I just try to keep it uh, sort of topical on a daily basis and bring good guests on just like you do. And I uh, appreciate you having me on today. And uh, I guess I would just say that in addition to uh, sgtreport.com, for your listeners, if they want to check us out, we have two other websites. I have two other websites, thephaser.com and thelibertymill.com. And I like to say, Frank, those are antidotes to the corporate propaganda and all of those mockingbird mainstream media lies. Well, I hope everybody goes and indulges and put them into their bookmarks, their sources bookmarks. And, Sean, you're always welcome back anytime. We have to do it more often. Thank you for all of your hospitality, inviting me on your show so many times. And and the, the future is bright. The future is bright. Have to keep holding on to that and knowing it. But thank you for being here tonight. Thanks, brother. Good luck to you and your family. God bless. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gents, there you go. We're going to take a really quick break. Really quick break, 20 minutes left of the show, and I'm going to go right into your your uh, your comments. And I know that there are quite a few that have come in. And I just saw the, the, the Chelsea Clinton tweet. The Chelsea Clinton tweet, it was from a couple days ago. Over 50% of the attempted book bans last year involved books with LGBTQ characters and themes Books are a vital way that children, adolescents, adults learn about themselves and our world. Bans such as these are nothing but harmful. And, of course, you're talking about that genderqueer book. And, yeah, there, there's a, a lot, a lot in the comments. It's just, it's just tutorials for children. It's just butt plug tutorials for children. I, I don't, I don't understand, but... I, Maybe, yeah, I, maybe they have. They have read it. You say, well, maybe they haven't read it. No, they probably have. She's a Clinton after all. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and We'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. 
entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly in Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Alright, well, this was a dark, dirty one, but um, hey, I'm glad that we were able to get it all done because tomorrow and Friday we can go into lighter topics and, and have, uh, have a little bit more fun. It's always great when, when Sean comes on, really always great. We, I knew that we were going to be able to cover a week's worth of stuff in one hour, and boy oh boy did we, did we ever. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube right now, there's no need to even like the show. I will be deleting it as soon as we sign off. I'm not even going to leave the studio. Well, maybe I will. I'll just delete it as soon as I get home. doesn't even matter. Uh, you can go and take that, uh, that like and go over to Rumble and put it there. Because this is not going to be on YouTube for long, obviously. So, all right, let's go in into your super chats. We got one on Rockfin. That's from Fishhead Montana. Sean from SGT has bigger balls than anyone you've had on in a while. He's got big balls, but there's a lot of we got a lot of big bald people on this on this show. But he he came out swinging tonight, no doubt. Came out swinging. Silky Johnson on quitefranklysuperchat.com said, Howdy, Frank. I remember you having a guest a few months ago. I believe uh, they were talking about investing, and they mentioned a type of mine to invest in, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called. Do you by any chance know or remember? <sighs> Who? Well, I don't know. I remember what you're saying. Silky, I remember what you're saying vaguely. Might have been like a silver mine, but I don't know. Obviously, I didn't go and <laughs> and buy buy into it, but um, I vaguely remember what you're what you're saying. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Stow Soup says, "Great evening, Frank and Frankly. It's another great show. Thank you always. Now here's some support for great independent media coming your way. It's always great to have this kind of support coming from the audience. Thank you." Larkstar says, great reunion show with SGT, Sean. And by the way, my postcard arrived in the mail and it made my day. Thank you, Frank. We applaud your efforts, Larkstar. I work very hard. And I am supported in a great way by Lauren, especially when it comes to all of the mailables that we do, the postcards. 
if you want to get in on things like that, by the way, it's a fun way to sponsor the show. All of the specialty tiers for sponsoring the show can be found on Subscribestar, usually. There's still some opening on on Patreon, but I, I'd, re- I'd rather people really go to Subscribestar and, and fill that up because we know that it's going to be safe there. Um, but there's monthly Polaroids that we, you know, snap random things in our lives and we send them out to people with a little note. And then there's the postcard group that I send out and Lauren addresses them. She stamps them and I'm, I'm scribbling every month, dozens of these things. And then there's also pen pals. I would love to have many of you show up because this show is growing. It is, um, and it's doing well. It really is. And that is with just about a one to one and a half percent of the audience uh, as a monthly sponsor to where we know, okay, here's my budgets, here's our overhead, and this is what I know. Obviously, I get blessed on a nightly basis by people who are in the the rumble rants and the super chats and the gold pills. That is a, um, a blessing that continues to unfold for me, but if you love this show on a and enjoy it on a nightly basis, please consider becoming a small, even monthly sponsor. So um, you can find that on the Sponsor Us tab on quitefrankly.tv. And Lauren also helps me with all the, the, the website stuff and setting up email campaigns when we send out all those, the links on Sunday. So very good. And that's just on the home front. I get good help elsewhere as well. Um, Graydon Sharp says, hey, Frank, in for the drawing, and please stop insulting the paramecium. They serve a useful purpose. I'm sorry. Falkulon says, I want a chance to win that large hunk of wood. And then right behind Falkulon is uh, Rosie Rose from last night. I didn't see this by the time we ended the show. Said, throwing in my hat for the wood. Everybody wants that wood. You should check out the beautiful things that they create over there at Dr. Gottwood's. Seriously, it uh, it was so, we were so happy when it showed up. Actually, I remember when it showed up at the house. When it showed up at the P.O. box and I brought it back home. It was wrapped up. I gotta tell them. Well, no, no. They're protecting their creation. It's on us to unwrap it. It was wrapped up so obnoxiously. It's like, I don't know how many layers of bubble wrap and tape and bubble wrap and tape. And I'm just hacking through it with a knife. I'm like, this is going to ruin the wood. But there came a point where I was just like, I can't take the bubble wrap anymore. So they're protecting their their craft. I know. But the bubble wrap was ridiculous. All right. Over on Rumble. PDR111, very generous Rumble rant, thank you, said Link Ray is featured in the documentary Rumble. The movie Rumble documents Native American music and mixed race music and the roots of blues. I insist that you listen to Link Ray's song, Rumble. I played quite a few Link Ray songs uh, to open up the show from time to time. I know that's been, first time I heard Link Ray, I believe was... I don't know. I think it was in a couple of couple of different songs. Oh yeah, they used that all over the place. I don't know. Um, I don't know any of his deep tracks. Cave Toad says one third of the Zoom cost covered. Now go buy new cables. Tell Sean hi. I didn't see this in time, Cave Toad, but thank you. Um, 
the Zoom costs are not going to be. I I thought it was going to. Adel was helping me with this, and I was going to put it down for a webinar. And we did some testing before the show, and it just wasn't working. It would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. But the way that it was set up there was that if I gave you guys a number to call, you would then have to put in an access code, which I can't give you. I can't give people that kind of a responsibility, especially if they're on the road driving, they're calling in from their big rigs or something like that. I, I can't do that. So I had to cancel the webinar service, which was about $80 a month. And I would be willing to pay that if it meant that we had a great, fully integrative phone system now that can get me away from Skype and can actually get you guys and gals calling in and being able to pose questions to our guests of the night and actually have you guys hear each other. But the webinar thing was not going to work because I need easy access just by picking up a phone. So I'm going to re activate my zoom phone thing to see if that is the answer to my my problem i don't know but i hope i know soon all right we have another one over there and that is outa outa says who do you think runs the world at the very top rothschild black nobility you know i had a question like that posed to me uh, recently, and I was thinking about turning it into a call-in show, so we will we'll save that. We'll save that. Um, where is it? Uh, let's see. Longtime fan. That's not it. the enemy. This is what came in a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to save this for a night that we can have a proper call-in show on this, or at least a segment one half said hello frank i hope you and the family are doing well these days i've sent you messages before but i want to say again um they're huge fans i have a lot of respect for you and your show i red pilled in 2020 during clovid since then uh, as the scales fell from my eyes i started looking at the world in different light i mainly turned to all the media turned all to alt media for my information one thing that has me frustrated and puzzled is the burning question who is the enemy i hear the usual it's the jews or it's the jesuits or the freemasons or the illuminati or like bill cooper would say this plan is too complicated and too far spread to be coming from one group my question to you is who do you think the enemy is, or is it even one group that we can focus on? And if it's not just one group that is the driving force, what groups are? Like I said, I really respect you and your show, and I would love your perspective on it. Um, and that is from Shane. Now I'm going to save that one because that is a big topic. And it's going to, uh, it might be, might be pretty inflammatory. But... It's a question I know a lot of people ask because the one thing about being out there in the internet during times like these is that invariably you're going to be in a comment section or you're going to be in a chat room and you're just going to be surrounded by people or bots or a mixture of both who just have consist they have it all figured out. Everything everyone else has not been able to figure out, they have it figured out. They have it all bolted down. They have everything ironed out, and um, and and that's that could be in intimidating. It could also dissuade you from even trying to convert. You look at that kind of certainty, and you say this can't be right, 
And then you're just like, well, what is it? And then you start battling with yourself. You want to try to make sense of it all. You you don't know why you're you can't be as certain as everybody else. And it's um that's when I always just say whereas we can pursue those questions and the answer to those questions we also just have to continue to focus on what our principles are and if you think about the principles of liberty and living nice dutiful lives responsible lives having fun trying to really experience joy explore the um, explore the world explore the inner world inside of yourself and, uh, and 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 develop your your spirit and that that connection to God too which has been become more and more important to me and you'll never hear me preach or anything like that I tell you what's on my mind and what I've been thinking about lately and you know uh, religion has been on my mind a lot more than it ever has in, in the past but I, I I do feel uncomfortable still talking about it because I don't feel like I'm 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 even in any way shape or form worthy and I don't think I have everything figured out not in any way shape or form with that as well but um but principles are are real the the, the real thing there you know that there are forces out there that want to get us you know that they're that they have us by the balls with the central banks you know they have us by the balls with the media and instead of trying to find right now, uh, figure out the world and, and, and name who's doing it all, if you can even put your finger on one person or one group, the one thing you can do is try to find a way to, how can we break away? How can we break away from the game they have set up and trapped us inside of? That's it. And how can we uh, develop, build a world, even if it's just confined to your house and your front yard, your back porch? How can you build a world that is satisfying to you and nurtures the soul in a good way? It's the, but whenever it feels like it's getting too heavy for you to carry and too dark a question to be answered just by one person, especially if you've only started asking these questions a mere two, three years ago, um, then just really just double back to your principles. Double back to your principles. And if you don't know what those are, that's a good place to start. What are my principles? Start reading philosophy and and um, stoicism. I think that the thing that could really save the world, save the world, the more gener- general thing is stoicism. But I think stoicism combined with Christianity would... I mean, there's there's nothing that could stop it. Stoicism. Look into it. Read. I think it's uh, wonderful. And we have to bring that up a little bit more. I think we're going to do a night where I'll just read passages from Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. And we can modernize it and talk about those concepts. I have to go through there and just start getting some things together. Uper Viking over on, on QuiteFrankly.tv says, For your use of the word colloquial... Love listening to someone with a vocabulary. I'm just glad I was able to do it tonight. Colloquial. Sometimes I go... (laughs) Sean Joe, thank you. Falkalon says, my big toe hurts. I think it's an ingrown toenail. Felt I need to share this. God bless, Frank. My toe is A-OK. I just gave it a couple of days. Obviously, I spent a little bit more time in the shower. I made sure that it was hot water and everything was fine. I didn't have any bait. I didn't soak it in the Epsom salts in the basin. And uh, everything's all right. 
which is great because tomorrow it's uh, Kung Fu with uh, with Rob. And um, I'm going to need my feet for that. Sean Joe, thank you. Witchy Poo, thank you. Porpoiseful. Cave Toad says, okay, many can't find the gilded link on the site. Would you please make a sticky for the forums? Well, it's on the About Us. I mean, if you go to quitefrankly.tv, which is right here. There you go. Well, this, uh, yeah, this is a condensed view. But you go to About. And the gilded is all the places to find us. It's right there. There's the gilded. Every place that you can find this show is right there. Gilded. I also have it the link in the description of the episodes. If you go down far enough, there's the Gilded link. It replaced the uh, Discord link on the very same day that we were nuked on Discord. Thank you, Wichipoo, again. Uh, Cave Toads has tried looking. Okay, well, the Gilded is there. I promise you. Wichipoo and um, Emmerflow. Good evening, Frank. Good evening to you. Boyce Blanc and Michael BKNY says, great show. Well, I'm glad that you guys liked it. I'm going to release the scratching right now. We had wonderful, wonderful output and um, and showing of, of people who have wanted to spend some time with us tonight. That's all that matters. And now the evening continues on quitefrankly.tv. So I hope you go enjoy Rabbit Hole Wednesday. I don't know what's on tap tonight, but I'm sure it's going to be a doozy. So go ahead. Enjoy yourself, and I will be back tomorrow night. We've got a wonderful guest in the form of Raw Egg Nationalist. What are we going to talk about? Oh, man. A lot. And there just may be a really big exclusive, too. And I hope that comes through because I I can't wait. I love getting exclusives. I don't get those very often. So good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for everything. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before live studio audience, and now our super chatters starting with Silky Johnson, Stostube, Larkstar, Great and Sharp, Falcolon, and Rosie Rose. Thank you to PDR111 and Cave Toad. Thank you also to uh, to Outa. Outa time. We're out of time tonight. Quite frankly, TV. I'll see you there in the chat room soon. Good night.